Guys, welcome to the All In Entrepreneurs Podcast. So excited to do this. Um, you know, it's been a, it's been in the works for a long time, and I'm just, I mean, man, I'm so so glad we finally get to do it. I, you know what? I'd never imagined that we would be doing a podcast, but never. I'm very very excited because I feel like this is going to be such a great platform for us to provide massive value for yeah. for for years to come. God willing. Agreed. Agreed. Honestly, yeah. it's a it's a dream come true. Not not to sound cheesy or anything, but um, I used to listen to podcasts through iTunes, and and I was introduced late to them, so I'm like a late bloomer when it comes to that. Oh yeah. And I didn't know they were that advanced, where they have cameras and like they have a studio. And just to be in here, it feels pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, this just, is the first one ever. Just to have our own. I mean, I've listened to podcasts for a long time. Like one of my favorites right now is Charlie Rocket. I listen to like every single episode that he comes out with. So I'm excited to now be able to pour our knowledge and our and just provide value to those who follow us. Because um, I know every time we do it, I mean, it's just an amazing feeling to to give back, to give back time and value. Oh yeah. So and there's 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 a lot of folks out there, in my opinion, yeah. that actually need it. That need it, and this is a very useful tool for a lot of people out there. Um, I know for a fact it was a very useful tool for me, you know, coming up. I haven't been as active listening to podcasts as of late, but I should. I've been doing more reading than podcasts. Yeah. But to be quite honest with you, they're both amazingly equal, you know? So far, they've been, I've been seeing, like, a trend where people, like, watch a podcast and, like, it goes down for years and they always refer back to it. And I remember when we, when we were on a podcast with um, Steve, I believe, um, we still have some people, some folks emailing us, us yeah. and, and, and it, just right with now. love and like, hey, yeah. this is like, this Thank feels you so great. Much. Thank you for the information. Yeah. And stuff like that, it, like it reaches so much further than you ever anticipated them to. So uh, All In Entrepreneurs Podcast is, uh, yeah, is alive now. Officially, yeah. Yeah. It's officially. It's official. Uh, first episode, let's go. Uh, guys, let's talk about what this podcast is going to be about. You know, what is it going to represent? What kind of movement do we want? I, I truly believe that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think we're all on the same page when it comes to what our purpose is in regards to this podcast. But I feel like each and every single one of us is going to bring their own, you know, touch. So why don't, yeah. what do you think? What, and yeah, what's so, your opinion so about my it? My personal goal. So like hearing podcasts and like you, you listen to like Grant Cardone, you listen to like these big influencers and you feel like they're so out of reach, right? Like you feel like you can't email them or shoot them a message because they're not going to respond. Like, I want this to be the platform no matter how big we get that. Like, whoever, if you're new or you're experienced, if you're a new or experienced entrepreneur, like, you should, I want the masses, everybody, to be able to reach out to us so we can we can pour back into them. So I just want to build a podcast where, you know, people can actually speak with those speakers yeah. versus, you know, I'm not I'm not in this to be a celebrity. I'm personally not. And I know you guys aren't either. So, like, yeah. I want that 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 human feeling when it comes to the audience. So that's, and this that's is the best why, way to do it. This is it, the right? best way, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I agree. Um, my my purpose, obviously. I mean, we all have, like Carl said, we have similar purpose. And I think for this podcast is he. You kind of highlighted something I was going to talk about because it feels like when people on social media nowadays and and uh, all the the buzz on Facebook and, and Instagram and. It, it kind of feels so out of reach and like it gets lost in translation in the inbox and people don't get back to each other after a while and then like you get them in the in the other hidden inbox where it's like they haven't added you or you haven't added them or something like, like the that. Like re the request. Yeah, the request. request and it gets out of hand and... Or you know, most importantly, some folks won't even talk to you unless they need something from you. Like as far as like you know, let's just say there's influencers out there, there's educators out there. Yeah. Unless you tell them like, hey, I'm going to 
hey, uh, I'm, gonna pay I'm, in- you. I'm interested in buying a ticket to your event, then they'll respond, right? Yeah. Um, when most of us, you know, I can definitely speak for, for most of us that, you know, we've always had that servant mindset of, you, you know, I know for a fact that most of these folks, they won't be able to do anything for me. But still, just serve them and you know serve them by referring them to a book or to a course mm-hmm. or some kind of guidance or direction. So, but see that, that that reaches you know that that's only as limited as how much manpower you have behind you typing. Like For when sure. you have certain certain amount of time, and I feel like this platform would reach out and it goes beyond where we trying to respond. And to a lot of people, like it's it's there's just normal people, a lot of normal people out there, and they just just reach out to them when they get back to you. They get back to you. That's that's awesome. But if they can't get back to you, I would I would kind of try to understand that they have like other things they're doing, and that's why this platform you would take the excuses away from yourself. Like I don't have time, or okay, now you're finding a solution for that. And I think this platform will always always be the best as far as now, because YouTube and uh, you know the, the online videos are always reaching out further and further and further and longer. Facts. So. Um, what uh what does this podcast represent for me personally? You know, I want to build a community. Right. I want to build a community. And I think that we've been doing a, an amazing job in like building a movement, building a community. You know, the all in movement, all in entrepreneurs, it's, you know, God, family and hustle. Right. So I want to build a community. And most important, you know, I w- w- what I want to bring to the table is the mindset aspect. Right. We all have we probably all have that mindset aspect. But, you know, if you look at most of my uh, content, it's a lot. You know, I'm not sitting there. Uh, telling you specifics about you know uh, uh, about a specific business or a specific strategy in business, I'm I'm most of the time just dropping things about your mindset, like what's yeah. in here and what's in here. And it's so, relatable. So that's Very what relatable. I that's what I also all three of us collectively want to bring to the community to you know to to the movement to the community out there yeah. is mindset because a lot of us I would say 99.99 percent of the folks out there are just like us or we're just like them Agreed. where, right, we we didn't know any better, right? Our programming was kind of, you know, kind of messed up, right? F-dub, you know, yeah. nine to fives, poverty, et cetera, et cetera, right? We just didn't know any better. So when you start preaching and teaching about mindset, I think, uh, you know, some wheels begin to turn. Agreed. Well, you, you would unlock something. Like by you saying one thing, it can change someone's uh, mindset, and there you go. That, that Their yeah. whole purpose now shifted to something greater. Uh, and you don't even know about it but just because you said something great. And even, I mean, you know, going through like your journey, just starting off, you know, you want to be an entrepreneur, like you're going to have bad days, right? So it'd be amazing to just have amazing guests and energy on this podcast and even just our energy to pour into others. So while they're going through their journey, they're battling, getting through it, like they can come and, you know, take an hour out of their day. To really just feel empowered and feel motivated, and also relate, 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 yeah, Yeah, relate. You know, like relate to us, and you know, there's not one thing that I feel like you know a lot of these up and coming entrepreneurs are gonna go through that we possibly have have not not gone gone through. Exactly. So, what do we have planned for this? Um, You know, we I want to talk about how you know this isn't you know a lot of a lot of the audience, our audience knows us as real estate guys, right? But this podcast is so much more. We want that. We want this podcast to be so much more than just real estate. Like you, you guys want to talk about that, that? was a yeah, longer yeah, discussion. Yeah, sure. Like we were trying. Like everybody wants to do a us to do a podcast for real estate. But, but I mean, we're serial entrepreneurs, and yes, our main business is real estate. But you know, we can relate to anyone in other businesses because we ourselves we have multiple businesses, and 
uh, we can bring that to the table. And if there is someone else that can bring that to our table as well and share it with, with our well, audience. That's, that's the whole goal for everybody is to have multiple you know, streams of income, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. You're, you know, uh, I'll give you an example. Um, I don't consider myself a real estate investor or a real estate wholesaler. Um, I've always considered myself a real estate entrepreneur. You know, Agreed. Nick Reese always talks about real estate entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship right? Yeah. And like Sal said, a lot of us, you know, it doesn't it doesn't stop with just real estate. You know, this is this is uh, the the core of this podcast is entrepreneurship and you know, mm -hmm. the 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 journey, the struggles, the battles, you know, the the victories, right? So that that's that is why folks should tune in. This is about entrepreneurship in general. And I feel like this podcast would take another um, thing, which is a, a spirituality aspect in, in, in it. And I think recently, I mean, in the past couple of years, we've been seeking yeah. that. And a lot of that correlate with each other. Business and spirituality go hand in hand, whether you believe it or not. Um, I think you are a great example of that because you, you tune in with the business and spirituality and how to be calm about certain things yeah. and like take, um, why don't you, we can talk about this, I guess, yeah, later. Yeah, no, but. I mean, I, th I think, I, I, I know what you're trying to say. Um, I think, you know, what we want, we want to provide the whole blueprint, right? Like what, and we, we still have our issues and our battles and we're not perfect and we're trying um, to, to achieve that elite level. But the sad truth is that we all have our issues, right? Like I have my issues and, you know, we want to provide like the, we want to, we want to, pave the way for you guys because we I've committed a ton of mistakes that I can help you know up and coming entrepreneurs and plus you know when it comes to spirituality it all correlates with each other so I'm excited to talk about that because there's been moments in my life where you know I, I I'm just astonished at how perfect things went sometimes the way to this you, point. you literally I remember you telling me about the winks that you've had and you're like god, oh yeah, my god yeah, this, god's is, this is literally the god's wink yeah so I mean I'm not I'm not a believer in coincidences um, I call them God's winks, and to me, they're just affirmations from the man above telling me that I'm on the right path, and it's happened so many times. And actually, that's a, that's a good idea for, for a future episode where we talk about God's winks because we all have them. And you can think back, you know, in your life where a certain thing happened where it just happened so perfectly, like that led you to where you are today that you're like, you know what, that wasn't a coincidence. And you that know, was, even that was when God's it's a wink. negative thing, that moment, I remember like some things like it was for something so great afterwards. Remember that conversation we had in California? Yeah. That was like a powerful conversation. But I mean, we don't want to go into rabbit holes here. Uh, just saying that there's a lot into this podcast that, because we're so diverse in here. And, and I think that would be, that would be us, yeah. true to ourselves. If we stuck to one niche podcast, that would not be true to ourselves. And, yeah. and, and that's yeah. what, like, personally, the podcast that I, that I do listen to, are like the folks that are like just real and they freestyle it and there's not too much of a script going on. You know, they just, they talk about anything and everything, right? And, uh, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll give you a quick example. Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Right? It's it's crazy. One day the guy will have Wim Hof on there and the next day he'll have... Uh, um, Dan Bilzerian. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. He's, he's everywhere and, and I love I love that yeah. diversity. Did so. he have Dan Bilzerian? He did, he did, I, yeah. yeah. Are, I mean, I watched it. <laughs> oh man, uh, Alex Jones was a four-hour one. It was crazy. But anyways, uh, guys, we don't want to limit this podcast. We have huge plans for it, and um, we just can't wait. We can't wait. Uh, so with that said, we're going to talk about a little about who we are, and I'll take the lead. Uh, guys, for those that don't know me, my name is Alex Sines. I am a real estate entrepreneur based in Phoenix, Arizona. 
I started real estate at the age of 18, straight out of high school. And a little backstory about my life. So I grew up, you know, middle class. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I saw my parents struggle from, you know, the age of three, uh, which was, I was born in 96. So it was, you know, 1999, 2000. Uh, from, so from, from 2000 to 2005, I saw my parents go from, from a trailer park at, a, at the back of a church to a single family home, 200,000, to a half a million dollar home, right? Because the market was going up, uh, you know, from, you know, 2000 to 2005, 2006, right? So I experienced that growth. And, you know, like we all know, the market crashed in 06, 07, 08. So I saw the downturn of that. My dad and, you know, my parents got foreclosed on two houses. And, you know, what it did to me is just, you know, here's a, I was the only Latino kid at a, at, at a school. And, you know, it was, it was different. You know, I, I going from a probably $5,000 trailer to a half a million dollar home, it was, it was, it was a huge jump, right? So for me, as what it did as a kid, it, it like showed me that things were possible by working hard, right? But like we all know, the market crashed, so you know things fell fell down. And when that happened, um, it really it really humbled me, and I'll explain why. You know, going from that half a million dollar home, we were forced to rent um, a house, which was, wasn't too bad. But we rented about four houses, me and my siblings, my parents. Um, we rented about four houses over two years, and the reason we rented four houses over two years is because the landlords at the time. They were just collecting rent and they would get foreclosed on. So then we have to get out. So that, that happened about four times over two years. That was very common during that. Very time. common. People yeah. were just, you know, getting quick cash, um, you know, while they were getting foreclosed on. So that happened to us about four times. Finally, my parents are like, you know, you know, at this time, like my parents are, they're broke, they're in debt. You know, um, they had a SUV. My parents like, look, we're going to sell the SUV for like 8,000. Um, it was a Yukon. Um, we're gonna sell the SUV and we're gonna buy something for, for us. And when I heard that, I'm like, oh, they're gonna buy another house. Cause I'm used to that, right? Going from the house to the half million dollar house. Um, and when that happened, they bought a trailer park, a beat up trailer park in Avondale, Arizona for like 7,000. It was a probate deal. Funny how that worked. Cause wow. now we're in real estate. It was a probate deal. They got it for seven, 8,000. And they fixed it up, and I I remember all summer just helping my dad fix it up, and you know watching I was watching like NBA Finals games while my dad's fixing stuff, no AC, and so here I am, you know, going from a very good situation before the market crash to now living at a trailer park, and I freaking hated it. My ego did not allow it. Um, I just hated it. I didn't want to be there. I even told my parents like I told my dad I'm like I'm not I'm not moving there. I'm too good for that. Wow. I literally told my ego was that bad, guys. Um, so we, we lived there. Um, this was, fast forward, this was my freshman year of high school. Um, none of my friends knew where I lived. Um, I was a football captain. I mean, I played varsity at Westview High School here in Avondale, Arizona. Um, I was a leader. I had amazing grades. Uh, but at home, it just, I was, I was embarrassed. I put a mask on. And throughout high school, I lived at a trailer park. And man, the, I mean, the lessons at the trailer park were definitely, I mean, priceless. Um, and things didn't get better. Like you would think like, okay, the market crashed, things are picking up, things did not get better. So while I'm so focused in school and football, you know, there's a lot of family issues. So over the years, um, you know, things did not get better. My parents ended up divorcing. 
um, everyone. I saw I saw how selfish, and I love my parents. Everything's in the past now. But I saw how selfish people can be when it comes to lack of money, right? Um, so I saw that very early on. Everybody did their own thing. And then I graduated high school. Very, uh, I mean, very tough years through that divorce to graduating, really trying to find myself and identify what I wanted to do with my life. Um, but eventually, uh, by the grace of God, um, real estate fell in my lap. And, you know, fast forward, um, you know, it was not an it was not an easy journey. And you guys know this. It was I remember, not- uh, like, you used to... Uh- you know, with the bandit signs and all that stuff, right? Like, yeah, I, mean, I remember. Yeah, I mean, it was. It t- it took me eight months uh, to get my first deal. During those eight months, were the worst months of my life. Like really, like um, just so many things went. Um, well, you went I mean, the wrong way. You went through depression. I went, went through, through depression. Yeah. I gained 40, 45 pounds over three three months, three four months. Um, it was just very bad. My mom ended up moving to Nevada. I was forced to live at a friend's house uh, in his little brother's room with a Spider-Man bed where my feet were hanging out. <laughs> but all those, I mean, looking back, like those eight months, are, they were so tough. Um, like there was no purpose to live. There wasn't. At that, at that moment, you're just, you're just lost and, and helpless. Um, but I persevered and, and, you know, God put me through, through a road where I learned so much about myself and what I wanted to accomplish in my life. So it took me eight months to get my first deal, bandit signs, door knocking. I mean, for those in real estate, I was door knocking on foreclosed homes. And bandit signs are? (laughs) Uh, Bandit signs are the signs on the streets. You see them on on the corner streets that say, we buy houses with your number. So I would put some signs on the street um, that said, we buy houses and try to get homeowners to call me so I can buy their house. but yeah, I mean, I was, I was, so, I mean, I was clueless um, when it came to starting how to do real estate. I made a lot of mistakes. It took me eight months, and you know how I got my first deal was just, man, it was, it was something that I think you gotta mention that because yeah, I, yeah, I, you know what, yeah. I will mention it. Um, so I mean, it's eight months of putting out bandit signs—that's the only thing I'm doing. I was door knocking on foreclosed homes, which is not what you're supposed to do. That's like already it already belongs to the bank so it's too late (laughs) it was too late so (laughs) so i stuck to bandit signs i'm working a nine to five at a collection agency and you know things are just very tough because like from nine to uh six or work hours and that's like the whole business day right so it's really tough to answer calls and i remember one specific moment where I, i put out some signs on the street and i get a voicemail and the guy you know he leaves his name his address and he said he wants to sell it. And, you know, I, I got the call uh, during, like, working, but, like, we're dealing with, like, very, very sensitive information because mm-hmm. um, it's a collection agency, so I couldn't answer the call. And at lunch, I called him, and um, I'm like, hey, this is Alex. I'm a real estate investor. You know, I, I had a missed call from you. And he's like, yeah, I already sold it. And wow. I'm like, you know, what was the address? You know, he gave it to me, and I'm like, what did you sell it for? And I believe he said about 100000 And I did the numbers. Even my numbers back then, I'm, I kind of knew. It would have been like a $20,000, $25,000 deal. Wow. I had like $300 in my bank account at the time. Wow. Like, so I missed, I missed that deal because of work. So what that did to me, like during that, that 9 to 5, it just pissed me off so much. It got me so mad. But I'm like, I just, man, if I wasn't working, I would have got this deal. Mm-hmm. And this was 
um, cost of opportunity. Cost of opportunity. So that that nine to five prevented me from possibly, and I say very. The guy was like, he, I mean, he was gonna sell to whoever answered first. Wow, that was crazy. So I missed that. And dude. He was calling bandit signs at that point. He was calling yeah. bandit signs. Yeah, that's. Uh, so that was like the first good lead uh, I had over like six hundred bandit signs later. Um, I, w- I was so mad. I didn't want to work, but I had to pay the bills, right? Yeah. I, um, at this point, um, after living at my friends, I got the nine to five, so I, I moved into a studio by myself in uh, Maryville, <laughs> uh, which is West Phoenix, for those that don't know. And during the uh, the, the nine to five, I, I still kept putting bandit signs. I ended up getting another deal under contract uh, for hundred and five thousand, and I. I, uh, I I Facebook messaged Brian Ponciano, um, and I'm like, hey, can you can would you be interested? He's like, I'd pay 110, and I'm like, sweet. So I had his commitment at 110. I have the deal at 105. I have I get the contracts. Now you got 5k. So I got 5k coming. I, it's I mean it's it's an escrow. Sellers are good. Uh, this was December of 2015, and you know my birthday is December 8th, and I missed. Uh, I didn't go to work on my birthday. For, for me, I was like, th- there's no one that should be working on their birthday. Like, that was like, it meant a lot to me. And you're making money. You come, some money's so, coming. So, yeah, some money's coming, 5000 coming. Um, you know, I, should, I shouldn't have to work on my birthday. So I didn't go to work. And the next day, they freaking yelled at me. And, I mean, it was, it was pretty bad. Like, they, they threatened to fire me. And I needed the job because... You know, yeah. like when you're at a nine to five, like, and, and I, I've worked at like four from like 16 to 18, like you're really at their mercy. Like, it's like, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like, it's pretty, it's bad. pretty brutal. Like, so I know how it feels. No. So the next day I'm like, oh, I was, I was, I was scared. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to miss another day. I'm not going to be late. And then Christmas came and, you know, at the time there was, there was no like family for me. Uh, my dad's doing his, his thing. My mom's in Nevada. My brother's living at his girlfriend's house. It was a complete mess. And I just decided to go to Dallas. So I'm like, the heck with this? My grandma, my aunts are out there. I'm just going to go to Dallas, spend the holidays with them. And obviously, my job was not going to allow me to take, you know, 10 days off. So I quit. I quit the job. I have rent coming up, you know, the, on it's like they give you five Not the days. best financial decision. Yeah, not obviously. the best financial decision, <laughs> but I quit the job. And I left to Dallas. I had $1,600, I remember, because I saved two checks. And I left to Dallas. Flight was, I don't know, 400 bucks. And I went out there. I bought gifts. And I paid for, like, CeCe's Pizza for, like, 10 people. Like, I was, like, I was just, like, ca- I counted my money, right? Which we, a lot of us sometimes you counted the I counted, money that was coming. I counted the money, the money that, that was coming, coming yeah. the $5,000 deal. Gotcha. And I, I, I did it. I went to Dallas. I spent... A lot. I even went to a Cowboys game, like on my Instagram. If you go like deep down, I went to a Cowboys game. I sat like third row next to like the Walmart CEO. Wow. wow. Like, um, yeah, and I paid like four hundred dollars for that ticket. I didn't have a lot of money, but to me, I'm like, money's coming. Mm-hmm. Five thousand dollar real estate deal is coming. So I, I, I went to the game. I came back like three hundred bucks, and I'm like, and I came back uh, January second. So the deal was supposed to close on the third, which was that next business day. I get a call from the seller in the morning and he said I remember so clearly he called my Google voice number he's like Alex he's like my dad got diagnosed with can- diagnosed with cancer we're not going to sign any documents and for me I just I didn't at that point like I'm so you new into real estate I didn't know yeah. what to say or do 
Plus, that's such a delicate situation yeah. that I just didn't even yeah. bother. So I told Brian, hey, deal's off. You know, they're not going to sell. But here I am. So the deal fell through. The deal was canceled. $5,000 wiped away. And now back to square one, right? Like, what do I do? $300 to my name. Um, you know, what do I do? And so I had to, I had to borrow money for rent. Um, our Eric used to work with me. Um, you know, he let me borrow money for rent, so I paid the studio, so I, at least I got that out the way. I did have a car. Uh, it was an $800 Ford Taurus, like 1999. It did have AC, so I was grateful for that. More but, insurance, right? but it didn't have insurance <laughs> or tags, wow. which is not recommended. Definitely not. Um, so I had that car so I could get, you know, get around. And my girlfriend she, at the time, she said, uh, she asked me to go. She was still working, so she's like, hey, you know, let's go out to eat. Uh, but guys, like during like January third to like the thirteenth, like it was like the worst time in my life. Like I just I was staying in, I wasn't scraping eating. by. Like scrape, like I'm like, how am I gonna pay my friend back for rent? Like I have to get another job. Like, like the the hate towards a nine to five was so high that I just I couldn't. Like I I mean every every like negative emotion went through my mind. Like literally everything. Like and some of them are like pretty serious. Like everything went through my mind, but I just. I mean, I, I I got through it. It wasn't the best 10 days, but I got through it. And then my girlfriend, she's like, hey, um, you know, let's go out to eat. And I picked her up uh, from her house. And she's like, hey, stop by my grandma's. I need to get something or change. So I, I stopped by. It's in South Phoenix. I stopped by her grandma. She's like, hey, do you want to come in? Here comes God's wink. Guys. This is God's wink here. You know, and she's like, hey, do you, do you, want, do you want to come in? And I'm like, no, I'm going to stay in the car. I'm staying in the car and I'm like, at first it's like, I'm crying because tears of like, of anger of like, like, why did that? Like, that was so close. Like that would have changed my life. Like, like, like God, like why, why, why I'm asking, I'm asking. And, you know, I, I'm trying to stay positive and I'm, I'm, you know, I've always been a man of faith. So at the time I'm listening to Christian station, I'm trying to get my emotions out, I was emotionless. Like, you're literally inside, you're like, dead. But I was trying to get my emotions up, so, like, I'm listening to the guy, and the guy says, you know, God doesn't put you through a road that you won't come out of. And when I when I heard that, it was like a, a rush, like, a rush of energy. It's like it's like when you experience, like, like fresh wind or something. Like, it was just a rush. And it kind of, like, it got me thinking about real estate. Like, why didn't it work for me? Like, I tried so hard. I see others doing it super easy. Why not me? And at the time, I'm like, I have to, I have to do something. And I remembered um, Jared. He drove for dollars. He got some deals driving for dollars. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna. By the way, Jared's one of our buddies. He's like, I'm, I told myself, hey, I'm gonna drive for dollars. I drove around the neighborhood. At first, I didn't know what I was doing. Just looking for vacant, distressed, boarded up homes. And it wasn't the first house, but the second house, I found the owner on Google. I used an app uh, at the time called Intellius, which sucks, but I used it. And I contacted the owner, and I asked him if he was interested in selling his house. It was vacant. It was super messed up. He said yes. That was the first yes I got that somebody wanted to sell the house. And he's like, hey, Alex, he's like, across the street, I have another one. Check it out. I'm like, looking, like, where? I find it. The house is vacant, too. So this owner has two properties on the same street in South Phoenix, and he wants to sell both. So here I am. Okay, now I have to present the offer, right? So he's like, hey, call me tomorrow. 
I call him 10 minutes later again. <laughs> and I, I go on Zillow. I, I just ballpark number it. And I call him. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, I can do 50000 for both. And he laughed at me. He's like, don't waste my time. Hung up. I called him back. And I'm like, look, you know, I really want these properties. Where do you have to be at? Like, where do you have to be at? I just hit him with that. And he's like, I have to talk to my wife. I'm like, look, you know, I know you have a number. You've had these for a while. Where do you have to be at? He's like, I wouldn't sell them for less than 100000 And I'm like, how about 60000 And he said, no. I was like, how about seventy? You're jumping he said, no. 10. I'm like jumping in 10s, like, which is not the way to negotiate, right? So I go from 70 to 80 and then finally I'm at 90. I'm like, the heck with it. If it, you know, I didn't know if they were deals at the time, but I'm like, at this point, like, I just need that little bit of confidence to get me going again. So I, I offered him 90 after negotiating back and forth like a killer negotiator that I am from 50 to 90. Uh, I ended up getting two properties for 92,000. So I got him down 8K. Clap. <laughs> I got him down 8K, so 92,000. Now it's time to uh, sell or assign the contracts. Um, so I called the for rent by owners in the area. I offered them the deal. Some guy literally called me the next day. I left like that same day I got the contracts. I didn't even open escrow. I just started calling buyers. And I, I left a few messages, uh, voice messages. No one answered me. The next day I'm playing video games. Pretty sad still, but excited because I have a deal under contract. The guy calls me. And at first I'm like, oh, yo, like you got this wrong. You got the wrong number, bro. Like I didn't call you. I didn't, I didn't call you. And I'm like, wait, wait, what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm a real estate investor. I'm like, light bulb, boom. Like, hey, I have two properties. And he's like, where, where buy? I told him the cross streets. He's like, oh, I live down the road. Literally five minutes, a guy was, I mean, he was a hungry real estate investor because yeah. five minutes he's like, okay, I saw them. How much do you want for them? I didn't think that far ahead. So I, the first number that came to mind, I said 105, 105,000. No research, no nothing. No research, no nothing. He's like, how much do you want for them? I said 105,000. And he's like, I'll take them. First, I'm like, darn, like, oh, I should have said more. If you're a real estate guy yeah, and yeah. you hear that that fast, you kind of messed up because you kind of sold it too short. Yeah, but, you know, so but, but he he wanted them for 105. So the next day, um, so funny story, like I'm I live in West Phoenix. The seller lives in Queen Creek, which is like 40 miles, 40, 50 miles from where I live, probably more. My car was not going to make it. My $800 car was not going to make it. So I call one of my boys. I'm like, bro, if you let me borrow your Mustang, I'll give you a thousand dollars if I close these deals. Right. A thousand dollars to drive his Mustang. He had a new Mustang. So he let, me, he let me borrow his Mustang. So I'm showing up to the seller's house, the brand new, like, 2016 Mustang. And I get the keys. I end up meeting the buyer. He signs the paperwork. I submit it to title. The guy closed cash. And uh, three days later, which was, like, maybe a Friday, um, like, two weeks after I lost the deal, he closed. And I remember walking into the title company and picking up a $13,000 check to my name. And from that day... It changed my life. It changed my life. And that year, I just, I mean, that year, and we'll, we'll talk about how we all met. Um, that year, I, I, I did deals. Uh, this was January of 2016 where I got my first deal. Well, two houses, one deal. And I kept, I, I reinvested back in the business. I paid like three months of my studio. I stayed at where I was living. Um, and I just invested back in business. And that year, I closed $120,000 in deals. And what happened was like, and, and I, I, was, I was so grateful. It was more money than I've ever seen in my life. Um, but what happened was I felt so selfish. And I'll explain why. I felt selfish because while I'm 
sitting at home, doing what I, eating what I want, playing video games, going out, going to the gym, blah, blah, blah. I'm 19. My parents are still working. My sisters have no promising, like, anything. Like, they have no, you know, college savings or they have nothing. I mean, they're younger. One's 17, one's nine now. But they have nothing. My dad's still working in the sun. And I just, I just, my, my friends are, you know, working at, Andy was working at Domino's. So, like, my best friends are struggling. I'm like, why? It should be, it should be more than this. Like, if I, if I can live this, even at a smaller scale at 120K, like, I, I should be able to provide for those around me. So, fast forward to 2017, I built a team, met these guys, um, shared an office together, and we blew up. So, f- going from a one-man show, 120000 in revenue at the age of 19, uh, to next year, the following year, when I was 20, 2017, uh, we closed $615,000 in deals from that first year. So it was a 5X jump. That's amazing. And a lot of that um, was just duplicating myself. It was that building a true company um, versus just being a one-man show. And Playing video games at home. Yeah, no more video <laughs> games. And just taking it serious. So, like, I mean, the, it happened so quick. And then last year, we grossed over a million dollars in wholesale fees and real estate plus businesses uh, opened up. You know, we started new businesses. Um, your so dad, your dad, my dad, dad helps with your operation. My dad is my full-time contractor, like specifically for my properties. He's managing four right now. Your brother um, works with you. My brother, um, yeah, my brother, he, he uh, started uh, with the company my second year. Um, and Your I best mean, friend is... My know. best friend's my, you know, COO and my main sales uh, manager. And things just bloomed. Um, I mean, my mom's on my payroll. Um, I've gave more money than I ever imagined. Um, and I mean, last year, I mean, over a million in revenue, and it's just been so humbling. And this year, I mean, it's, it's you know, second quarter was at April 3rd today. And I mean, we are on track to double our goal, if For not sure. triple our goal um, from last year. So, I mean, I just couldn't be more, more blessed and humbled um, to be able to, Go from where I went to, to now. What a powerful I mean, story. That's that's my story, guys. Been through it all. I wouldn't trade it for anything, though. I wouldn't. Mm. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's. You never go into to that much details, and I'm glad that you actually did it this time. Like this is, I heard so many new things this time. So there's always, I guess, like when you're when you're replaying those thoughts in your head. First, you get like emotional, and you probably heard it in my voice, but at the same time, you start remembering like other little moments that played such a huge difference for you to where you are now yeah. so yeah. absolutely well, thank you for yeah. sharing that yeah. okay uh i'm gonna go second after that um <laughs> well yeah. um i'm gonna talk about you know uh, who i am where i come from and i'm not gonna get into details how i got you know the deals and obviously myself and carlos our business partners in the real estate and Alex has his real estate and then we're, we're partners in other ventures. Yeah. Uh, so maybe Carlos will, will highlight over the business ventures, but I would like to take a moment and talk about just how, where I came from. So the reason I want to say this is because I know people in my circle and I know people in, in, in their circle as well, where they um, use excuses 
where they say why they couldn't do it, and this is made for like this kind of this specific people. It's just the the the, the Im- image they draw in their their brain, what they can do. So, uh, my name is Sal Shakir. Uh, my full name is Salwan. I'm I'm a Catholic from Iraq. Um, I moved here when I was 15 years old to the United States. Um, I've been. I mean, I've been in multiple wars. You know, um, just as a child, I've witnessed few wars. Um, I, breaking in the house because my dad, you know, we're Catholics, so the, the insurgents didn't like that. You know, um, so people broke break in the house. My dad got shot. Thank God he's okay. Um, had a second break in where people were trying to break in the door, and I, I remember when I was in the room, like after the first time, we would now we, we lock every door in the room and like my parents sleep upstairs and we sleep downstairs, my brother, myself and, and my grandma and my mom and dad sleep upstairs. And I remember there was like a lot of, at that time there was a lot of like- How old were you at the uh, time? So I would say 12. So from 12, like age of like 13, three yeah. to 12, 13, it was just constant, just fear. Oh my God! Yeah, I remember. So I don't know. I remember in, this in when our, I was a in child. Iraq, in Iraq, when I was a child, I remember um, they were joking about this. My grandpa used to joke about it, and my grandma would say, "When I was a child, um, there was there would be bombing, and I would be like, um, and it, they say it in a funny way, where I, I would be so tiny uh, under the blanket, and all you see is uh, is the the milk bottle hanging out." And I would be drinking from it. So as a, I don't remember this, but that was me as a child. So I don't know if that did some things as a child or affect me or not, but um, I'm gonna assume yes. Um, but I mean, there was few words here and there, but I mean, living there is different. I'm not saying it's all bad, but I mean, there, it's different, you know, it's a different uh, environment. So I'm just saying this so you can relate to some things I'm gonna bring to the table that I can say and how to overcome, if I can overcome it, anyone, I think. You know, anyone can because I'm not the toughest dude you meet. You know, so, and uh, I remember when they, at that time there were people like constant bombing in the area next door to us because there would be a lot of insurgents in there. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night hearing like like a lot of noise, like sounds like bombing. And I tell my brother, I'm like, damn, they're bombing the shit out of the area this time. I guess there's like a whole campaign. You know, I was just waking up joking about it with my brother, which is pretty effed up. And, uh, and then we're trying to go back to sleep, and I hear like foot footsteps, and then the thud again. So now I know it's not bombing; it's, it's actually someone inside the house. And then now I scream, "Oh my God!" You know, um, after the first time, what I did is I ran upstairs after my god dad got shot, and I um, they told they told me not to do that again because I can see the guy running away. Um, the second time they taught me like, "Son, don't do that if you hear anyone in the house. Like, just stay put until like it's safe." Uh, but at that point, I had a knife, an army knife that my dad gave me so I can feel a little safer. And uh, <laughs> this happened again, and we start screaming. My dad, I hear him running from upstairs, and then bullets start exchanging, a lot of bullets. Um, I was so scared. I, I, I can't even describe uh, the feeling that that was going through me. I don't know if my, my family is dead. I don't know if what's going on. And then... Um, just to give you a picture, there was about five or six people bro- broken three or four inside the house, and there was a couple outside. And those inside, they were just shooting. Like the house is full of bullets because my dad is one man defending family, and now these guys are directing attention to him. And I remember as soon as I heard 
a moment of peace. I grab that knife, I open the door, and I run upstairs. And I see two guys are, are like running away. Um, and the neighbors obviously told us how many people were in there because they saw them running out. And I remember going upstairs and I see a guy upstairs and the guy pulls the trigger and he had no ammo and he's switching ammo coming downstairs. Now all I do is just crumble up in a bowl. Now, I don't even know what I was doing. I just held it like this and I just elbowed him. But I, I don't know how, I was small. I guess I elbowed him. He fell down. He left the magazine on the floor while he was running away. And um, so you knocked him down the stairs? On accident? Uh, I, I on accident because he was coming downstairs trying to reload and I was going upstairs. I don't know what I was doing. And I think just dark and, and I guess I elbowed him by accident and crumbled. He fell downstairs. The clip was still there before we leave the United States. I remember that very clearly. And just those those moments, there's people have it way worse, guys like this. I don't have it the best. You know, and then my dad had a company that worked with the U.S. military. He was a contractor to maintain the generators for the for the ESS, which they used to be contracted with a KBR. So what they did is they maintained the generators for the kitchens inside the military bases. So my dad was like, our family was a, was a target because there were Catholics and we worked with the U.S. Army. And, and I don't want to get into too much details. Like we're, we've had, we've almost been kidnapped a few times, my brother and myself, because we would leave, you know, to go to school or... So it wasn't the best environment, right, growing up. And and I don't want to go into too much details, but like things like that was happening constantly. And at one point, one day I was talking, uh, well, I was watching Oprah on TV and my cousin calls me and uh, this is, and uh, and I remember her calling me and, and she's like, Sal, please come. Uh, there is like people here shooting and like they're trying to, and anyway, so I, I run. My dad had just had an ear infection, and so my mom went with him to go get shots. And like I told my brother, my brother gets in a bike, go runs after him, like it's, it was a few blocks away, uh, to come because he wasn't answering the phone. And all, I don't know what to do. I grab, I grab the gun, and I start running. And I see someone that sells burgers down the street. That he said, "Oh, I'll take you." Then he start taking me there, and then get halfway, we see a checkpoint, and he's like, "I can't take you because at that point, if they see gun on you, they you'll go for a while." So I'm like, "Just drop me off. I'll continue running." And I'm running, running. I see my dad comes through and then puts me in the car, start honking, and tells the checkpoint, follow me. There's something going on. And then we get there. And, you know, someone lost our cousin. I heard her mother lost her life. And and I remember at that point she was still alive and we went to the hospital. And now the hospital, we're trying to find blood because they're saying we need blood. And I don't know, I'm young. My brother and I were running in the hospital saying we need blood because the hospitals were like that. And unfortunately, you know, they took her to surgery and she didn't make it. So, you know, you at that age, you start thinking a lot about life and like the depression that you go through. And, you know, you know, at what point you're going to start being fearful. And my family, now we all sleep in one room and lock all the house. And my mom would stay up almost every night and she would watch the shadows from under the door and I remember waking up in the middle of the night and I'm like mom it's okay I'll, I'll watch the, the shadows you know don't I, I got it and uh, so she would have some rest and I you know um, you know so, you know, there was like a lot of tough situations so after very, that, so I'm not going to get into details, but yeah, so... Very tough upbringing, very, very tough. There was, you know, there was some moments, 
And uh, anyway, we come to the United States. Um, somehow managed to come here with my dad. I was uh, I came here when I was 15 years old. And, um, you know, the rest is history. Um, I started so working with the U.S. Army. My dad had some money with him coming here and, you know, but he, he doesn't know the system. So he start, you know, losing the money. If you don't know what to do, you start like the money start depleting very fast. And in, in a matter of I don't know how long, like he tried to open up a business. He went even to school to study AC business where he paid for it. He became the number one student in the school where they even put him in the magazine, the school. That's how smart my dad, like he was so dedicated because someone told him like, I'm going to open up a company with you, this and that. And after my dad's graduated, bought the van, bought the tools and everything. And the guy told him like, no, we're going to, uh, I only work, I'll quit my job when you, uh, when you start working in the business. My dad's like, I just studied for this. I don't know how this works. I mean, I need someone who has experience too to help me with this. That wasn't the plan. So all that went to to crap and then like sold the van, obviously lost. And then now my dad has a has a job at, uh, at at AC business where he worked graveyard shifts. He used to work at nighttime and sleep during the day for 10 months, I believe he did that. Wow. Um, I don't think you guys knew this. I didn't know that. Yeah, he actually, like, I remember he was so depressed and like after, like he just felt like a just like the life sucked out of him. My dad lost like 74 pounds in less than two months. Um, and I was, at that point I couldn't work because like I didn't have the papers to work. And and at that point, I remember my dad sitting at the chair I showed, you know. Um, and that's the moment I decided like, no matter what happens, I'll make sure that I will never be in this situation or my family will be in this, this situation ever again because we fled to like safety. Now you have to take care because we thought that we ran away from from danger and now the life is like all rainbows and butterflies but we all know that it's not how it works and this is literally what happened like it hit us in a different way and it's a blessing in disguise um if you really think about it at that at that time i was doing any job you can think about it you know i was i was like doing doing just random labor work and working for ac a guy with the ac business what was your first job um i think i was a helper uh, for the AC business too, AC business. for for a guy, not for my dad, obviously for a guy that had a company. And um, do you so, remember what you got paid at the time? I don't remember. I I, I'm trying, I can't Seven, remember. Six dollars. <laughs> I don't even remember. It was I was a helper. He was paying me cash, so it was great. And he was a he's a great family. Uh, you know, he's great a friend of the family too. So that guy is like an uncle to me. So at that point, you know, we're. We're trying to do, my dad's trying to work, trying to do this thing, but he's like, he feels, and then now we had just bought a house before that because we thought, you know, he has some money that he can make, he can work, make this work. And now he, they're trying to sell the house. And I didn't know, I forgot about this until like recently and they were just talking about it. And like, we're in a desperate situation. And as soon as I got my work permit, I went and applied to the, all the jobs I can think about. And I got a laundry mat uh, job where I was, um, you know, pretty much the customer service tagging the laundries and and I was a part-time and then um, then I started going to zero hour school so I can go to more hours after school so I can work more and then when I got off that I would go work with the AC or when I have no work. So you would, because I, I think I missed that, so you would go into school earlier than like most people so you can get out early so you can work more. At, yes, so okay. zero hour schools, it's an, it's a, it's earlier school. So you start early school, uh, you start school earlier so you can actually leave a bit earlier so I can have some time to work. 
And uh, I did everything I could. I mean, I did plumbing. I did painting walls. I would knock on doors and, um, and give them, give them, like, say, what I do. I, I scraped the walls the, next to the golf courses, and I would, um, I would put a primer coat, and I paint it. Yeah. And I would get half the money first because I didn't have the money, and then so I can go buy material. And then I would charge them the other half when the job is done. And I would do that. And it's usually, like, a two-day job, but I would do it in one day so I can, like, get to the next job. And I did that, I don't know how many fences I painted, but that was like, it's like when my handiness came in. And plumbing here and there, and then I worked. And then one day I, I went. How old were you then at this time? Um, I think close to 18. I don't, I don't remember exactly. So 18, you're working seven. multiple jobs? Oh, yeah, multiple jobs. And um, I remember going, when I first graduated high school, I was, I, now I, I upgraded to a different laundromat where I work two different, I run two of them pretty much, but I mean, I still work there, but two different ones. Uh, not not a manager or anything, but I was working in two different places. And what happened is uh, I went to the 4th of July in San Diego. And I had just applied for college. I got the loan and I was going to start college. And my family always wanted me to start college and go to college. And I know this is, this is taking longer than it is, but I feel like this is necessary to like know who we are and where we come from. And we're, I'm sorry that it's taken longer than anticipated. No, I think it's important for people to really know who we are and, and our background and our story. So keep going. So, and now we got, I, I'm kind of, I lost my, my train of thoughts. College. Now I got, now I got you, college and college. I got the 4th of July. Yeah, thank you. The 4th of July. And and now I went there and thinking now when I'm done, like I'm partying in, in San Diego, going to a friend, to like with my cousin. Then we went to a, to a house party which is a pool party and the manager over there the, the lady that owns the house she was a manager at a company that works with a uh, contract with the u.s army where they help train the u.s military before they get deployed to the middle east or any any country so i guess um i was uh, i was presentable and she's like oh and i know about jo jobs like that and she's like you know we have a shortage in one the, the next like the next day i guess or whatever she called my cousin and she's like we have a shortage in one uh, one person out. Do you think your cousin might be interested? He's like, I don't know. Let me put him in contact. And she puts him. He puts her in contact with me, and I'm like, Yeah, I could do that. So I, I found two people. I quit the job and I found two replacements from my high school to work there. It's two sisters, uh, so it's not like I left them hung and dry in a sense. That's for the but, laundromat, right? Yeah, for the yeah. laundromat. And um, so you pretty much hired two people to take your position. Pretty much. <laughs> and uh, and their sisters are happy they got the job. I don't know if the, the employers were happy with me, but you know, uh, you do what you have to do. So I felt like I did the right thing by, I didn't quit completely without finding someone else. I did a replace, I found a replacement. And um, I did that. So I did three and a half years of, um, it's called rotation, three and a half years um, of US military training. Uh, some of it is, is um, 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 Marines as well in, in Camp Pendleton and and what I did is what we did is we simulated um, obviously it was army and it was military obviously setting it everything up they set up simulated towns and they would make fake explosions and fake bullets and you would wear something called miles which is like pretty much laser tech so if you get shot at blank bullets but they shoot laser I guess on top of the gun and it would beep and you would get a card if you die and if you don't get treated in X amount you die and things like that my job actually was to play the bad guy role <laughs> Believe it or not. So you're the bad guy. Really. So I in did that training. for three and a half years. Obviously, I, I worked my way up. And yeah, I was I, I was the guy. Like, I did my job very well, I think. Because I was a team leader. 
I was the youngest team leader there. Then I became a site manager uh, assistant. Then I became a site manager, and I was going to be uh, promoted to a manager. And um, obviously, I took a different path where, because I would do it a few, I would do it three weeks uh, out of the month, and then I'd come back for one week, or sometimes it happens every month and a half or so. So the time I have to come back, back to Phoenix, right? Back to Phoenix, and I would I would work in the AC business. I would go to the car auction. And I would buy uh, beat up cars and try to fix them up, like $500 car, $1,000 car, and then try to wholesale it back to the auction. And uh, and then, or wholesale to other dealerships that we make net, make net, the made a network connections. with. Yeah, connections. And my brother and myself did that, and my dad a little bit. And um, so I was going, and then uh, when I was going there, I would like that, uh, that would be, you don't have expense, so I would save as much as I can. And, um, and then buy, bought that and lost a lot of money. Like for the first year and a half, I was losing a lot of money. Like whatever. I mean, it's not a lot of money. Like it's a lot of money to me. It was to me a lot of money. And I lost like so much just making some mistakes. My brother would make mistakes. And like you're just learning the business, right? And no direction. Learning the car business, right? Learning the car business. And um, finally, after three and a half years, I, you know, I, I stopped doing the army I, uh, training. And I start, started working, uh, opened up a retail lot. I uh, started working in the car, like car business, all in. I went all in the car business, uh, opened up a retail uh, car dealership. And, uh, you know, along those those years, I'm kind of skipping. Like, I remember when I was working in the car laundromats, and I remember saving every penny I could because my I knew that I needed to do something greater with that. My friends were always going in the car, going buying Gatorade, Red Bulls, and things like that. And, and I would stay in the car so I don't have, so I don't, I don't be... Tempt to shop. Yeah, I wouldn't shop on unnecessary stuff. For people would call me, let's go smoke some hookah. Let's go like out, and I would limit that to the max. At the laundromat, I would even order a, a little Caesar pizza that would last me three days. Little pizza, that three days. So five dollar pizza lasts you three days. That's how I budgeted, even budgeted gas because I knew I need to save so I can do it for something greater. That's like even before I was doing the cars, before anything. And I remember saving in my one day. I had like three grand, I don't know how much, three grand, I think like barely saved like after a long time. And uh, my mom used the wrong card to pay her credit card and she used that. And she's like, oh my God, I'm sorry, I'm gonna pay you. And I like, I I did not, I so forgot. You're, you have 3,000 and you work so hard. So for like it. all the hours, all the work I can, and then. And then your mom accidentally she didn't, uses. She, didn't, she was paying, she was trying to pay me back, you know, but she I think she forgot. She tried to pay forgot. her credit card and yeah. use your card. Sure, sure. I think she forgot and then, I remember my brother lost his job as well, and he needed some money. And like, I remember all my saving again that I saved for. Like, all of it is gone, and there's no way of retrieving it. And I, I didn't even, I forget, I forget about it. And like, I don't even look back to that. Like, just knowing, like, I need now. I need to start from again. Yeah. Again, I think those things like helped me push even further. Just because you don't even like, there's no stopping now. It's just what's next. What am I gonna do next? Like finding a solution. I think that's part of my the molding process. So how how old were you when uh, you opened your dealership? Um, Pretty young, right? Well, I was, I don't remember exactly the age, but I mean, I'm losing transition here because I remember I bought an apartment, a burnt apartment too, along those years after the rotation, before I opened up the, uh, well, after I opened up the retail lot, um, I got I got an apartment, burnt apartment for 15,000. Uh, During the market 500 crash? or 600, <laughs> yeah. And it was burnt and, and worked on it by myself with, it, with another guy and my dad and like rented it. And... Uh, and that was all the money I had too, like from saving, 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 saving. And 
uh, obviously working multiple jobs, doing everything I can do um, with the car dealership, with the AC, with the with the army, like everything I could do. And that's all the money I had. Like I probably had like a couple of grand to remodel. I don't know what I was thinking, you know, remodeling that with that budget. But then I rented it. I don't know why I didn't sell it. I just decided to rent it because everybody kept coming. Hey, is this going to be for rent? I would rent it. I think that's what happened. That, re- that happens a lot when you're rehabbing. Yeah. yeah. And because I was there a lot, right? Yeah. And uh, I ended up selling the property after a while. And then Carlos and I were friends back then. How we met, I think he's going to highlight over how we met. Uh, and then we decided to start a business um, together. And then it was real estate, oddly enough. And... Uh, and then the rest, I guess, rest would be serious. history. Um, so this is, I went way over. I shouldn't have. <laughs> and I apologize for taking time. But uh, this is who I am. Um, I, I'm a family-oriented person. Uh, I, I believe that I'm God-driven because I know God has saved me from so many scenarios. If I get into details, you would you would see what I'm talking about because there was near-death death, um, experiences. experiences that... There's only there's only one explanation to me at least, um, and uh, I, again that's the rest is history. I want I want to give the mic to Carlos. So you're here he can, for a reason. I didn't know a lot about. I mean I mean I know a lot about your story, but not that into. I always so. felt rushed when I, I tell the story, whether it's in front of the stage or in, in someone else's, because we're on their time. I feel like I don't want to, but since like we're here and this is recorded, I think I felt Just more comfortable like letting it out. And I'm sure we have a lot of little before you go. I know, I'm sure we have a lot of like stories within our stories that we'll continue to yeah. share during like the next yeah. episode so it's exciting so i feel like something that a lot of maybe 99.99 percent of entrepreneurs have is adversity right i feel like we've all been through a lot of adversity some have you know some have been through more adversity than others but nonetheless you know you look at you know, some of the elite uh, elite entrepreneurs in, in today's society, a lot of them have gone through a lot of adversity. You know, there's books out there and, and, and you know, they tell their story, you know, like Manny Koshpin, right? Um, you know, he had to live out of a, uh, a car for, you know, with for a long family, time yeah. with his family, right? And now the guy's a multi-billionaire, right? So adversity, you know, I'll, I'm gonna keep mine short, right? Uh, and like you said, we'll probably touch more on it. Uh, in uh, in the uh, uh, episodes to come, because I still want to get you know I want to get to the value part. Um, I want to get to the value part of um, of of the episode, right? Yeah. Um, very simple. You know, I was born in uh, in Mexico. Um, was born in Mexico, and uh, uh, it's you know a lot of folks think that third world countries are so far away. <laughs> well, the specific uh, area or part where I was born into. Uh, definitely was third third world country. Yeah. Um, I've seen it. You've seen it, uh, or you've seen what was left of it. I've seen the cardboard um, crumble on the floor. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> literally, uh, it, you know, I've posted some pictures of uh, the uh, the dwelling of the property being made. It's like cardboard, right? It's like it's not cardboard, but it is. You know, it's like wood and then cardboard. If that makes it's any like sense. Thicker cardboard, like not yeah, the ones you yeah. get. Yeah. 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 Or plywood. I I don't know what plywood. it was. I don't think it was plywood. Yeah. I saw that. And you know, I remember uh, my grandma's house where where you know we were raised, um, and it was probably about four hundred and something square feet, and uh, my grandma and grandpa would sleep on one side of that uh, square footage, and then me and my brother would sleep on the other, 
And if, you know, if anybody's wondering where my mom was, uh, you know, at a very young age, my mom had to, had to pretty much leave us to, you know, to come to the United States because she just felt like um, there was no future there. You know, there was no future where I was. So, um, you know, she, she did everything possible to save money, um, save enough money to, to come to, at first she went to California, was working out in the fields, and that's how she actually got her paperwork is through amnesty because she was a field worker. And, uh, you know, it, it was it was a really, really tough path um, for her. And then, you know, and, and I got to give her her credit because, I mean, she pretty much put her li- life on the line for, for me and my brother. And, you know, for us as kids, I mean, you know, your mom leaves, you know, at the age of, you know, you're five years old or, or whatever. You don't know. I mean, there's n- there's nothing nobody can explain to you, right? Oh, no, your mom's leaving. She'll be back. She's trying to do better for you guys. There's like, still a void. Yeah, yeah, like, what does that mean? What do you, yeah. you know, as a five-year-old, you don't understand. Like, what do you mean? She's, she's trying to make more money. When is she coming back? Whatever, right? So my grandma's house, um, we literally showered in. Uh, so inside of that same square footage, there was a curtain, and there was, a, there was raised cement, and there was a bucket in there, and that is where, <laughs> that is where we would shower. And then uh, out, and then if you, once you got past that, uh, the living room slash sleeping area, uh, there was, um, at least there was cement there. Uh, I remember there was nothing but dirt and there was a stove. We did have a stove and, you know, it ran off of those big gas, you know, containers, yeah, right? Yeah. So there was a stove there and there was a little table there and that's where my mom would make, uh, my grandma would make us our coffee and, uh, and uh, literally it was like eggs and beans, you know, and, and homemade tortillas. That was like the diet for seven straight days, right? <laughs> so, and then in the in the uh, backyard, or uh, what was considered a backyard, you had- Pretty much dirt everywhere. It, it, it was dirt. It was yeah. nothing but dirt, like mountain area, right? So- Did you have neighbors? Uh, we did. We did I, have, I met your neighbors. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, Patty. <laughs> Her name was Patty. Um, we had neighbors. And over there, I always tell folks this, that, you know, it's, 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 um, um, it's kind of odd, but in Mexico, uh, folks that don't have a lot of money live in the mountains, right? And then, uh, and then yeah, folks yeah. that have a lot of money actually live in like the you know town area, right? It's reverse. It's reverse, definitely reverse. Here, you know, folks are paying millions of dollars to live on the hills, right? Yeah. Over there, I mean, you can you can set up shop for a few hundred bucks, you know. Yeah. So in the backyard, um, there was a back house where you know you would use the restroom, and there was a you know the old school washing board, right, where you would wash clothes on the washing board and then you would hang it. There was like wire and you would hang it with the little clips, right? Yeah. So that was my upbringing, um, you know, poor than dirt, uh, literally dirt. Um, and, you know, I I never, you know, I, I was, we did a video with Luigi uh, in some of the apartments. By the way, when I came to the United States, uh, this was like the 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 land of, uh, of golden honey, you know? Even, I, I, you know, in some of my videos, you see like some of the apartments I grew up on. Like that is like, you know, that's like a mansion yeah. compared to, you know, it was we had carpet in there, you know, we had air conditioning in there, Running we water. had we had windows, we had, a road. we had a shower, you know, we had a road, right? So, you know, you have to imagine, right? So for me, it was definitely upgrading. It was up. We were scaling, you know, we we're definitely scaling, and you know, now that if you look at the, some of the spots that I've lived in. You'd be like, wow, you know, like I would not, I would do my absolute best to not raise my own kids at these places. But, you know, for us, it was, you know, we didn't know any better, right? So, um, 
anyway, uh, that's kind of my story. Um, my mom brought us over, at, you know, after she saved enough money. Um, and then, you know, we were in California for a few years. We, uh, we, we failed financially there, to be honest with you. So we had to go back. Uh, and, you know, we went back. Um, and then when we went back, you know, my entrepreneur life started. Um, I, know, I remember specific the time when we went back. It was like the early 90s. And I was still a kid. And because uh, I remember why, because the Power Rangers were like a big hit, right? <laughs> like mid 90s, right? They were yeah. a huge hit. And I remember uh, my first entrepreneur uh, job or, or venture was we would go to this guy. He had a little bit, he had a brick home, so he had more money than us for sure. <laughs> and he had a television. Uh, his name was Lalo. And um, we would sit around like, you know, when the Power Rangers came on around 3 p.m., 4 p.m., yeah. I don't know what time it was, like all the kids from the neighborhood would <laughs> go over there and watch the Power Rangers. And uh, I remember, you know, Lalo's mom was a very nice lady. Um, she used to make bread for everybody while we were there, all the kids, you know, because that's the one thing about Mexico. People are very poor, but they're very giving, mm -hmm. right? It's crazy, like, the poorest people sometimes are the most giving people. And yeah. this is this is actually uh, facts. A anywhere you go in the world where people don't have much, they, they, yeah. And they always, like, would be knocking on your doors. Like, I'm sure you've had that, hey, we made this, and we thought about bringing you this. And you're yeah. like, oh, thank you. Like, and, and you would do the same thing. Unfortunately, we don't see a lot over here or not even know you your neighbors. You don't know here. your neighbors' names here, yeah. right, et cetera. So anyway, Lalo's mom used to make this bread, and it was very good. And, uh, you know, one time, uh, me, as a, as a kid, I just told her, hey, you know, I don't even know how this happened. I just asked her, I said, hey, can you make enough so we can all go sell around the block, right? Like door by door. That was like my first door-to-door -door sales experience, right? Selling bread. Selling bread, man. Yeah. And, um, and you know, my, my brother joined me and the whole the whole crew, and we were Don't happy. Power Rangers. You had a whole, you had a whole make, sales team? Man, we would make enough money to not only like, you know, actually, to, we'd make enough money at that time to, to play video games. You know, like we play like Mortal Kombat, you know, Tekken, <laughs> right? These like super cool video games, right? Uh, make enough money to entertain ourselves, take some home to the family, et cetera. So that was my first entrepreneur job. That was during the summer. Um, and then my mom was working in San Carlos Bay, which is a resort area. And our goal, right? It's, you know, you, you, actually you guys wouldn't be surprised, but folks out there, you would be surprised what you can accomplish if you put your mind, if you put your mind to it, right? Mm -hmm. So my mom, my mom and I were on the same frequency. Our goal was to what? to get back to the United States, right? So we, you know, our, that was a temporary situation for us. Like she knew what she was working for and I knew what the what the goal was for, for our family at the time. For sure. So um, I started working as uh, bagging groceries now. You know, I, I became, uh, I, I think I was like 10 or 11 and I started bagging groceries at this like super, super big retail store. It's called La Ley, uh, La Ley. Uh, it's owned by a lot of uh, uh, Asian people. And um, it's kind of like a Walmart in, in Mexico. And I started bagging groceries and I started making pretty good money there, to be quite honest with you, off tips. You know, it's all tips. It's all commission, you know? Yeah. Uh, kind of like what we do now, right? It's a straight commission, right? You, you <laughs> eat what you kill. So my mom and I, you know, we saved enough money and then boom, came back over to the United States. Um, we didn't have enough money to really rent anything. So we literally stayed in a hallway uh, of uh, her friend's uh, one bedroom apartment. And people would literally walk over us, you know, in the morning time when everybody's getting ready or whatever. Like, I remember being a kid, you know, I didn't have to wake up at, you know, four in the morning like they did because I was going to school. 
So I remember them like having to like, you know, like tippy toe, tippy toe and walk over me to go to the bathroom, back to the room, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that went on for a while until, you know, and then during that time, my mom and I, like, I remember this one time and I think I told you we walked over a hundred blocks, yeah. you know, going business to business to business to business. My mom just trying to find, you know, another job, right? Like a second job. Um, because at that time she was working, um, first she was working in the fields here in Phoenix and it was hot, man. It was 120 degrees. She would wear one of those big hats and put like a wet cloth under it. Yep. And then um, then she started working at the airport. Um, she started at like six something an hour. And then we're like, you know what? We need more money, you know? And, and what, do fo- what do folks that are not, are programmed the way that we were programmed, you know, what do we do to get more money? We work more time, right? Because we're exchanging our time for money. Yeah. So we're like, well, if we want to make more money. We got to do what? We got we to find another job, right? Yeah. So I started working, um, construction uh, during the summer, um, I was the guy with the barrel. I was a little kid still, I was like 12 years old. I was the guy with the barrel just cleaning up the construction side and taking it to the trash. Um, I would do that during the, for the summers and uh, you know, my mom now, she's working two jobs, et cetera. And uh, you know, it's, I, I, she fixed, you know, she obviously fixed my paperwork um, as, a, as an immigrant. And then, you know, then I started working, uh, I started the nine to five, you know, path and you know what's funny is real quick, during the the nine to five um, during the nine to five path that I was on, I always did stuff on the side. You know, like why? Because if you think about it, you know, as a kid, that's kind of like what I was programmed to do, and that's that's you know that's right. It was second nature for me, like to subconsciously just find something else that made money. Yeah, right? I think deep down, if you're like an entrepreneur, you have that itch. Like you're gonna naturally do things on the side. Try to. If do you things. have like a minute under a day that you. You wouldn't take it to rest. You had to do something with it. Yeah. And, For sure. And you know what? That's that's what I think. Like what um, got us to be business partners because we were on that like mindset. I'm like, you were always doing hats and like the shirts, and right? Like, like <laughs> I'm like, what are you yeah. doing, bro? Stop with that. Let's go to the auction, get some cars. Yeah. And, um, well, yeah. I'll finish. Yeah. Right. I'll let me finish with that. Um, so I was I was always doing something on the side, but. Um, you know, I worked my way up pretty high, you know, in, in the nine to five world, like, you know, I, I was traveling, you know, they're having me train different, different people, uh, throughout the country. Uh, because, you know, for those folks out there that are in a nine to five, like you still want to succeed, you know, as entrepreneurs, no matter what we do, we always want to be really good at it. Right. Yeah. No matter what it is that we're doing. So if you're out there and you're in a nine to five, I'm not telling you to not kill it, kill your nine to five. But if you got that itch, like Alex said, start working on leaving that nine to five. So, you know, yeah, it's a really, really tough area to be in, right? You got to kill the nine to five that you're at, but you also have to kill yourself after the nine to five to leave that nine to five that you're killing for. It's a really messed up situation. You know what's crazy? Like, first of all, I, I left my nine to five at like the worst time. But it's never the perfect time to leave your nine to five. It no, never is. And, and, and I know you went through that. I, I did. Yeah. It well, took for me a few you, months, because like, you were there for fourteen years. Yeah. So I was there since I was, you know, sixteen years old. Wow. And um, you know, I was definitely committed and loyal, or whatever. Uh, but anyways, you know, and I and I brought another stream of income to to that business, and that's, that's how, how Sal and I met. I brought this other, you know, I brought this like third party motor vehicle service uh, income stream to the business, and then you know I. Wanting to grow that income stream, I went dealership to dealership to dealership, knocking. Hey, how's it going? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm my name is Carlos. I'm down the street. I can do your title work, etc. Blah blah blah. 
finally went to Sal's dealership, met Larry, his finance guy at the time. And, you know, he, we really hit it off because I build rapport with whoever, you know, whoever I meet, you know, especially if you're trying to like gain their business, like, you know, kind of like what we do now as entrepreneurs. Right. So, uh, went over, uh, and Larry really, really liked me, his guy, um, sends Sal, says, Hey man, you got to meet this dude. You know, he's pretty, pretty good dude. Uh, he said he can help us out with paperwork, blah, blah, blah. And then that's when me and Sal met. And then, you know, I started doing all his paperwork for practically, you know, free. And I started yeah. teaching him how to do his paperwork uh, correctly for his clients. And, you know, without so charging. I, I want you to, like, this is powerful, guys. Like, please explain. When we first, first met. I didn't want nothing from you. He said, um, let me, like, this is the paperwork. I'm going to do it for this one. Like, practically free. It was like $1.25 yeah, per Yeah, per it was paperwork. like the company when charges other, like. <laughs> other companies are charging 30 bucks a pop. Yeah. So he's getting his paperwork like $30. And he's like, I'll show you how to do this. And I'm like, the first thing, like, that's the first, like, five minutes we're talking, right? And that's how you know how powerful is bringing value to other people. And instantly, I'm like, uh, what, what do you drive? Like, I, because I want to bring the value that I know how to bring. And that's, that is really what I did, like, when, to bring value to other we're, people. At this point, we're I say, to like, what values, do you want yeah. from, like, I, I can help with cars. So every person I met in my life at that point is, like, I, what I would do. Like, I, I have this hookup. Like, let me know if I can hook you up. Yeah. And then I asked him what car, what car he drives. He's like, that one. I was I'm like, oh, I can hook it up with the paint for you. So don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry about the paint. We're going to hook it up. And he's like, no, no, I, my friend already owes me for that. But see, instantly, instantly, like, that's how we became friends. I So I first have, like, all my life, you know, like, even most of my, some of the best relationships that I have, I looked to surf first. That was it. Like, even Jared, I remember Jared, you know, I, I called uh, one of Jared, you know, one of our, our good buddies, right? Call his bandit signs. Hey, I speak Spanish. You know, we're, we're yeah. already have a business going. Yeah. I hey, I speak that. Spanish, you know. Um let me help you. I know you don't speak Spanish. Why don't we, you know, try to do something together, et cetera. And when That's we, we did we, this. And venture, we, we joint did, venture we campaigns. did mailers yeah. and like it worked, you know, yeah. it, it worked. So it's funny, but you know, that was my first encounter with Sal is I looked to serve him first and he was just like, he was so thankful, right? He was so grateful that I was looking to serve him. that he's like, Hey man, I got to be able to do something for you. What can I do for you? And I'm like, no, 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 you're, you're we're fine. You don't have to do nothing for me. So we hit it off, man. Like 2013, we became like best friends. And then, you know, he's like, look, man, I got to do something for you just so, so you can make some extra money on the side. Right. Boom. He takes me to the auction. I'm flipping cars now. Easy. Right. I'm flipping. I mean, the first car you buy, you made. I, I, I bought it for twenty five hundred and I sold it for five thousand. I I one hundred one hundred X on my investment. the next day. Right. The, very yeah, next, day. the next day, you know, yeah. gone. Right. Yeah. So. At this point, Sal's like, I, you know, I, hey, man, I, I really like the way you operate. You know, we should do something together. So that's when him and I are like, well, what are we going to do? You know, <laughs> coffee shops, storage units, car washes, whatever. And I'm like, you know what, man? One of my dreams has always been real estate, right? And um, real estate. And he's like, well, what do you know about real estate? And I just said, look, I don't know much. I don't know nothing. I don't know anything about real estate, to be quite honest with you. But um, you just give me some time and I'm going to find out. You know, what do I start doing? I and oddly enough, at that time, he, I, well, he sold his house yeah. and got some equity out of it. And I had just sold my apartment and got that money and that, to start the, the business, thing. right? And the last yeah. business that we thought about was real estate. But, <laughs> you know, very powerful, by the way, when I start, now I start digging because I don't know anything about real estate. And there's people in Phoenix killing it at that time, right? I mean, there are pictures of checks and houses and Right, they don't give you the time of the day. And I am, I am in these guys' inboxes, kind of like folks are. This is why I try my hardest to absolute respond to as many people as I can, 
even if it's you know now they got the beautiful part about Instagram they got this little recording this little voice recorder now so instead of sitting there and typing boom I just do a voice recording and it's so much quicker right yeah so or I'll copy and paste messages of you know just general general direction that I that a lot of folks ask for and why because I was that dude four years ago in everybody's inbox hey man can I meet you at your job site can I take you out for coffee can I buy you some lunch you know and just folks, I get it though. You know, folks wouldn't give us the time of the of the day because I get it. Like people are very busy running their operation, you know. Yeah. And and this is why when we, too much is too much. You don't know, right? Like, yeah. And this is this is why we we do what we do now, right? Now we got a podcast serving people. We have um we have momentum helping people scale their their already operation into like a massive multi million dollar company. Mm-hmm. And now we have all in freedom coming to where we can serve all those folks. Who are looking to, you know, get or achieve financial freedom through real, real estate, estate. Yeah. kind of like we all did, right? Yeah. Because we were there in that seat four years ago, and now you know our, my life. I know your, you guys. My life has changed to, I mean, people don't even like light years. They don't even know. They don't even know what hit them. Yeah, you know, and yeah. you know, I haven't right. changed, but my life has changed, and the the people around me, like their lives, have changed. Just like I'm sure you guys, you know. Agreed. Yeah. And and that's why it's so important for us to be out here, you know, talking. I'll be honest with you. Um, the whole uh, in- Instagram or Insta famous thing, that gets really old really quick. <laughs> the material stuff, that gets really old really quick, right? Even the money gets really old really quick, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you tell me, the hey, man. Yeah, purpose. It's, it's, it's purpose. Like, what is, what is going to keep you going, right? What is going to keep you waking up hopping out of bed and you know even this look how purposeful this is right yeah you know we're all here with good energy with good intention right you know when sal tells me with one of our businesses hey man you got to move this much into the account i used to probably make that a year you know i used to it probably used to take me 12 months to make that you know so that gets old and that was one of the things that i i, I always talk about is like you can't you know you can't go off of just the money which you know, we're, we, were, we were supposed to talk about our whys and our purpose and what our end goals are. I'll go very quick about our why. Real quick. Because um, I don't want them to miss it. Like, so you guys met 2013. What have you guys accomplished? I'm not going to say for you guys because I've seen a lot of it. I'll be up. quite honest with you. Like, I'll say it. You know, I'll say this. And I'll say this without any kind of remorse or, you know, not to sound arrogant because God knows you know, ego is definitely not on the table today. You know, I, ego is, is ego actually keeps you from a lot of opportunities, mm-hmm. right? And climbing. So we we are, Sal and I, you know, we're, I, I consider us almost like, you know, there's always been like real estate entrepreneurs and investors and wholesalers, but I consider us almost pioneers if you think about it. Pioneers. And w- so what do you mean pioneers? Pioneers in what we were able to do. It wasn't just about real estate for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. We started doing all these things, and now you see all these guys. We were just talking about in the elevator, right? <laughs> and more power to them, right? You see all these guys coming up with you know different things. You know, if, right? If you know what I'm saying, yeah. right? Uh, they saw us doing, you know, they saw us doing these these beautiful events, you know, serving people. Then now they're doing the events, and you know, again, or the services or the yeah, it's uh, just you name it, you know. I, so we're light years ahead of where we were and, and you know, we're 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 growth junkies, you know, we're we're growth junkies. So we're we're not like 
we're not at the end. You know, we're not at the end. Like, if anything, I don't even know if we're like a quarter there. You know, to be honest with you, because I don't know where we're headed. You know, I just yeah. know, I just know that our formula works. And you know, so you said yourself, you said yourself, where are we at now? Like, are we are? We have the value. I mean, how many houses later? Like how hundreds many? and hundreds and hundreds of houses later. You know, obviously, a couple multi-million dollar companies. Um, God, we have an amazing staff, right? We have amazing team members. I, if you really can, how many employees do you guys have? I mean, for, I, I don't like to call them employees. Or well, wait, it's not so combined with all the businesses. Over a hundred oh, no. combined. No. Call center and uh, that would be. You, you Close, gotta, yeah. You got to say over a hundred. Way you know over. I mean? yeah. In the office alone, you probably got fifteen, twenty, right? Yeah. But you know, it's it, it that that's when you when you start when you're doing the right thing and your and your business is flourishing. Look how many how many people's lives you're able to change, Great. right? That's the bigger picture, right? How many folks that like we have changed so many lives, right? The inner circle, not only outer. exactly, not only not only like internally. Right yeah. among ourselves, like not ourselves, but even the folks, our team members, your team members, but people across the country, you know, to, and, and that's that's where we are now, you know, we're like, we're I don't consider myself an influencer, I don't consider myself an insta famous guy, I don't care about none of that, you know, all that stuff to be quite honest with you brings a lot of stress, right? I just yeah, I just want to be able to serve, you know, serve to whatever whatever ability God gives us. Yeah. That's what I want to be able to do, you know, and whatever energy, right? Because energy is very important when it comes to serving, right? Whatever energy God has in us to do this, then we'll just continue to do, you know, whatever it is that, you know, he intends us to do. Agreed. So, uh, Alex, you, um, you you wanted to you wanted to say what advice would you give yourself if you can do it all over again, right? So what, what, would, what would you touch up on? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm 22 now. I started when I was 18. Um, you know, one, one, the one advice that I would, if I could just give myself one piece of advice, if I start all over is to reprogram my thought process. What I mean by that is let go of all the bad habits and the bad programming and beliefs that you have within your mind and adopt new ones, like adopt new habits to get you there further. Right? Like for me, like it was like some of the bad habits that I had when I first started were, you know, procrastination, um, um, you know, what else? I mean, procrastination and, you know, being uh, not feeling worthy enough. Like, that was a big thing that I, like, like, like just asking myself, like, no one in my family has a net worth over 100000 Why? Why am I... You know, why, why me, why me, why me? So just yeah. constantly, it was just more beliefs. So, like, if I could give myself that one piece of advice, it would just be to adopt new beliefs and habits. And, like, a really good book I recommend is Secrets of a Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. I'm going to repeat that one more time. Secrets of a Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. Life-changing. Life-changing book. Read that book, and you're going to start identifying a lot of just bad traits and habits that you have consciously and subconsciously. So that's one thing, like... I mean, I, I I was fortunate enough to um, realize that at about 19 to 20, like that age. But if I could, I mean, one year, if I could have, you know, learned that like a year or two before, like I, I, I think I, would, I knew, I know I would have been way further ahead than I am now. Um, but that's one piece of advice I would give myself. Yeah. Um, um, 
for myself, um, I would be definitely open, open, more open-minded to seeking like help or learning from from books and others, like like getting getting in the right network or getting in the right circle of the right mindsets, right? Yeah. So like being around these two guys is, is amazing because they like it's always about progressing. It's always about growth. It's always, so I I think back in the day. Um, I was just focused on the work so much where I, I thought I knew it all. I thought I can do it like more hours where I, I, I did work 20 hours here and there. Like that was, but I, instead of me seeking the help to like do it more efficiently, I decided to do it on myself, on my own. And that cost me money and time. And I wish, I wish I would have, um, I would have got the knowledge or reading books before that. Uh, my, my good friend, Evan suggested uh, reading the book called Richest Man in Babylon, which is like a minified virgin. Like it's, it's the first book. Richest, the, richest Man in Babylon. Richest yeah. Man in Babylon. The name was so intriguing because Babylon was in Iraq. And that's, that book is pretty much like a minified version of the Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. And I think Secrets of the Millionaire Mind came after that book. Well, like after it's they more read updated. It. Yeah, yeah, more updated version of that. So it helps. It helped me like uh, I, I just still like saving 10%. And that during that, that drive, I was driving from San Diego listening to the book. And I, I had already been doing that, but I was already too late doing that, saving that 10%. And like somehow it tells you somehow how you can save that money. You know, if you have, if you make $1,000 or whatever, and then if that $1,000 goes at the end of the month, but then you take $100 off that $1,000 and somehow, somehow you adjust yourself to manage to spend only $900 and that budget fits and everything has been purchased. And uh, I had already been doing that, but the book just reaffirmed that for me. And I'm like, oh my God, like I wish I would have like listen to things like that before beforehand instead of learning it the hard way. Yeah, and I and that's for me. That's what I was. So you would have you would have seeked help to shorten the learning curve. Absolutely, absolutely. For, personally, for me, and and start you know being more receptive to that instead of being egotistical, thinking that I know it all. See, that's one thing I did well is I learned, and I I mean I still made a lot of mistakes, but I learned a lot through the mistake of others versus committing them myself. Um, so, I mean, that's when a that's mentor, smart. yeah, that's when mentors come in and I think that's what you're trying to hit, like shorten that learning curve by seeking help, by seeking It's not even like just mentors, just like seeking help from someone that knows a little bit more no, than you, that thinking that you know it all. And that, that alone, like can be like, you know, can, can slingshot you years ahead. Yeah. What advice would I give myself if I could do it all over again? Um, I'll be quite honest with you. Um, I would say just go all in sooner, leave my nine to five, leave my security sooner. Um, that's what I would do because, you know, when you're like you, right, at 18 years old and 19 years old, um, 20 years old, 21 years old, it's, you don't, you're, the risk factor, the risk factor is it's so much less, right? At this point, you don't have a family, you don't have, you know, a mortgage and multiple car notes, whatever you want to call it, all these responsibilities, right? Um, I think we've all heard Gary B say, say this, but you know, you're a young, your young adulthood, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, those are like golden years for people to mess up. Those are golden years for people to try just some crazy business venture and see if it works. And you know what, that doesn't work. Okay, well, let me try. I'm passionate about this. Let's do that. Okay, you know what? Yeah. That didn't work either. I'm gonna. That's when you just keep taking your shot, right? So I. Because you got that energy still. Well, not only do you have the energy, but You're again, not afraid to the, the, the risk, the risk. factor is just. Yeah, like I wasn't afraid to go live at a couch 
Exactly. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I yeah. didn't have kids. I didn't have any, any, it was just me. So, yeah, that's honestly the advice that I would give myself is just, you know, go all in sooner. The sooner the, the sooner the better, you know, the, the sooner, the sooner you do it, the more ahead you're going to be of yourself. Yeah. Um, your next one of the questions that you, you had was what? Um, I think we hit it very well on those. Yeah. Um, well, you said, how can you go on a path to success? Yeah, and I, I hit on that. Like, if, you know, some, like right now, you may not know what, you know, if you're listening to this, you may not know what you want to do or what path you want to take. Uh, but the number one thing that you can do that you're in control of right now is your beliefs. So read that book, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind, and just start creating the foundation for whatever you're going to build. You're not going to build a roof first and then the foundation, right? You got you got to go align. So, I mean, you got to go in order. So in order to, to build on, you know, to build success, to build a company, to build your entrepreneurship journey, you have to build that foundation. That foundation, when it comes to entrepreneurship, is your mind. So um, that's, that's one thing that Absolutely. you guys are in control of right now. Uh, it, I mean, you don't need the finances um, to really read, you know, a free book that's online. Yeah. So, um, you know, just to close out with some some remarks, right? Um, what advice also would I give a lot of folks that are out there listening that are up and coming entrepreneurs or that have that entrepreneur spirit is take action. Yeah. I feel like so many people do not take enough action. They don't take enough action. I feel like there's it's more talk. I feel like it's more. They want to wait for everything more, to be it's, lined yeah, up. Yeah, it's more watching, right? They're you know they're watching Gary V drop a little content, you know they're they're watching Grant Cardone watch some content. They're going onto their YouTubes and they're taking notes and they're going to seminars and they're going to like whatever. Info junkies. Yeah, but action, right? Uh, Nick Reese has said it best: the, those rough draft moves, right? You start making those rough draft moves. You start taking action. You start failing forward. I feel like that is something we all have in common here is we took massive action. We took massive action and then worried about everything else after. Yeah, ready, shoot, aim. Pretty much. Like, we weren't like, wait, 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 wait. We have to go to this event. We didn't go to any real estate event before we started putting out bandit signs and talking to people. It would you know? be, we would work after our work. We'd be like, yeah. our I, work was like at midnight to like four o'clock, five o'clock. I, I didn't even like know how to, was that. I didn't know how to draft up a purchase agreement for a house. I don't know how to do the paperwork. Well, but as an entrepreneur, you're, you're, you're resourceful, so you're going to figure it out. Find a way, yeah. You're going to figure it out. So um, that's what I would say is, like, stop procrastinating. Stop watching all the videos and reading all the books. I'm not saying stop completely, but what I'm saying is supplement that with action. Take yeah. action ASAP. I agree. I agree. There's a lot of people that they just want to grab information. They, they leave one place, and they, they're at that one place learning one thing, and they, they're thinking about the next place and they forget what they're doing right here where they're taking the information. I've seen that so many times where they want to pay or throw money at someone else or somewhere else where it's the information was, I just, I had a phone call with someone just the other day and like, they're trying to throw money everywhere else. And I'm like, what about this information you just got? Did you implement any of that? No. So what are you trying to do to reaffirm that? Just you want to reaffirm, I'll reaffirm it for you. But you, yeah. you, you need to take action now Stop just collecting information and putting that to the dust. So uh, I think that's that, that happens a lot in our industry, definitely in, in the real estate. So um, take action, guys. Absolutely. But I think uh, we'll wrap it, wrap this well, up. Uh, 
There we go. Um, yeah, we'll wrap this up, uh, guys. Um, follow our YouTube channel, All In Entrepreneurs. Uh, you'll find this video there. You'll find many more videos on how we um, live our lives and conduct business and. And so follow everything. our personal um, handles as well, uh, IG and, and Facebook and others. And yeah, hopefully you guys can put it down here. So yeah, follow us. Uh, yeah, follow us on Instagram. I'm sure we'll have something here. And uh, yeah, we'll we're gonna be doing. This, by the way, by the way, guys, before we we head off here, uh, we're gonna be doing this weekly. Uh, so make sure you subscribe, and uh, and we'll see you at the next one. Thank you so yeah. much. That was uh, that was an amazing. Yeah, I'm First, excited. Uh, excited yeah. for the next one. Amazing yeah. turnout. Absolutely. It went yeah. longer, but uh, hopefully you don't get too bored with this uh, all this, yeah. this information. Was, this was just supposed to be an introdu introductory uh, podcast, but I cannot wait to see what's ahead of us, right? Absolutely. All right, good. All right, guys. Thank see you. you next time. See ya.